0: You are listening to the Gateway Church located in Fairview, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegatewaychurch or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, this morning I want st- to. Uh, we started a series last week called "Devoted," and it's based out of Acts chapter two verses 42 through 47, and I'd like us to stand to honor God's word as we read it, and then we're going to dive in. It says this, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, kind of like this morning. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Love it. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill Of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is a set of scriptures that is a model for us today, the church. And we're going to dive into it a little deeper today. You can be seated. Last week we talked about being devoted to the apostles' teaching. We said that we should be devoted to God's word. God's word is precious. We should love God's word. We should honor God's word. We should cherish it. I said last week that the word of God is an anchor, right? Something we can hold on to. It helps us through the thick and thin. And then last week, we started a 21-day devotion uh, where we're in God's word. It's called Devoted the Church and it's I was listed on our uh, flyer from last week and if you didn't get a flyer last week, there are copies in the in the lobby, you can grab one, take as many as you need. But I just want to encourage you, if you've been tracking already, way to go. If you haven't started already, all you have to do is go to the version app. You search The Gateway Church, and it pops up. It's called Fully Devoted, The Church. You can start it today or start it tomorrow. And I promise you, it'll be a blessing to you. It was a big takeaway from last week. Last week, I also challenged families If you have students 18 and under in your house, and if they are willing and able to memorize Psalm 1, the entire chapter, uh, Psalm 1, I mentioned that I personally, out of my own money, not the Gateway Church money, out of my own money, I would give your child $10. And then... I encourage you though, parents, if I'm gonna give $10, you ought to give $10 as well. So that's 20 US dollars. And then after church last week, get this, A grandma from within among us uh, came up to me and said, Pastor, I would like to match the first 25 students that memorize that and quote that to you. And this morning, she came and gave me uh, $250 in $10 bills. And so we are locked and ready to go. And it looks like there's a little note on here. Isn't that incredible? So listen, students, spread the word. And through the end of this series, which will go to May 21st, if you come to me, it doesn't matter what version, but you can't read it. You need to memorize it and share that verse. It's that important to get God's Word inside of you. And uh, that's $30 if your parents are on board. And I'll tell you, it'll, it, it's, more, it's worth more than the $30 because it'll be a point in your life. Uh, in your life that you'll never forget. The next thing we did last week, we had bicycles all over the stage, bikes out in the lobby. If you, how many were here last week? And uh, you heard me say that at the end of the service, if you don't have a bike, you can just take one. I was kidding. Uh, in fact, Jessica, she told me, she said, Pastor, um, or, I, I promise you she doesn't call me Pastor. <laughs> she said she's like Ben she said people don't know when you're telling the truth and I'm like oh that's not good I'm like oh my goodness and so uh one of there's a there was a lady young lady in the church that went to her mentor and said hey was pastor Ben serious that I can take one of those and uh I mean James uh James Zaitama is generous where's James he's Oh, he's counting in the back. Uh, James, if you can hear us. Uh, those were all his bikes, and he is a generous guy. But, but get what happened. So uh, this young lady goes to her mentor. The mentor comes and says, hey, I don't have a bike. They come to me and say, hey, there's a young lady who doesn't have a bike. And I'm like, oh, man, we should do something about that. That same week, another person in the church, uh, Melissa Kranz. Where are you, Melissa? Yeah, come on, stand up, Melissa. I'm going to embarrass her real good. This is Melissa. She's like, hey, I've got some stuff that I need to get rid of out of my garage. And and uh, and uh, I told her that sometimes I will flip stuff for missions. She's like, hey, I'm in on that. Let's do it. And uh, I show up, and she's got these bicycles. And I'm like, what? And, and she's like, we should give away one of these bikes. And I was like, absolutely. And so Tabitha, go ahead and stand. And actually come on forward this morning. Because Melissa and because of James actually went through the entire bike. She had a bike that was extra tall. Are you going to come or you're not, brother? Hello. Oh, you're back here. All right. All right. Get back here. This bike is for you. All cleaned up. All tuned up. Courtesy of James. And uh, it's your size. And it's rideable. It's got good tire. I mean, it's you. We are so blessed. I'm so glad that you said something. So if you can do a wheelie out of here, I've got $250 if you can do a wheelie out of here. Let's give her a hand. All right. Awesome. I love it. Thanks, John. Thanks, Sean. I love it. Isn't God cool? Isn't that great? I love it. I love it. Man, it's so much fun being a pastor. So we're in this series called Devoted, and I was thinking about it this week. When I think of devotion, I said last week, I think of passion, right? And when people are passionate, they do stuff, uh, and it, time just kind of disappears. There's a principle, there's a 10,000-hour uh, principle that if you want to become an expert in something, there, you need to put 10,000 hours into it. How many of you have ever heard that principle? You, a few of you have. And, and artists, if you want to be a great artist, it takes 10,000 hours. How many know if you're going to be a great violinist, uh, it takes 10,000 or more hours because otherwise it's screech, screech, screech instead of butter. You know? uh, But a musician understands that. Pro athletes, it's 10,000 hours at least, right? It's probably 10,000 basketball free throws, you know, that sort of thing. And I was talking about this with our team, and uh, uh, Bonnie says, That is true with gaming as well. How many know that sometimes when you learn a game, uh, and I mentioned this first service, and there was a guy that walked out, he says, Yeah, he says, I probably got 10,000 hours in Call of Duty. And I was like, Okay. And I'm like, Can I tell that? And he's like, Sure, I don't care. And, uh, but, but the, the point is, uh, when you first get going, it can be painful. How many have ever taught someone a lesson in an instrument for the first time? I went to guitar lessons in college, and I, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, it, was, it was, would have been miserable. But now, I, I, I don't know why I'm not on the worship team. <laughs> I never put 10,000 hours, that's why. But, all right, I got to keep on moving here. Um, But I was wondering, I wonder if that would be true with a silly kid's toy like Kandama. How many know what a Kandama is or have ever seen a Kandama before? Well, if you've ever met my son, you've known uh, what Kandama is. And this morning, um, I was been working on a trick. Hold on. And, uh, oh, yeah, come on. Oh, you, you think it's easy. Hold on, let's see if I can do it. Ah! OK, well, I asked my son. He's worked with kandamas for over 10,000 hours, I'm sure. And let him give you an introduction to what kandama really can look like. Here we go. Hi, this is a kandama. I started playing when I was really little. For a kid like me here, it can bring a lot of joy. It can also make me pretty upset. But I've kept playing with it because it's fun. That's and why crazy. not play Kendama? Why look at your phone when you can go outside and goof around? tower you get that sweater buddy that was goodwill I'm sure A camel in Egypt. Come on. There's Jessica. I love it. I'm telling you, you don't get that good without hours and hours of devotion. And when I was thinking about it, uh, I was thinking, Logan, you got to help us out. And so after service, We've got a bunch of kandamas out in the back that Logan, he wants every single one of you to try a couple quick shots. It is not easy, uh, but we'll have fun and the kids will have fun with it as well. But I was just thinking about this devotion and thinking to myself, can you imagine life without devotion? And especially in our spiritual life, there'd be no commitments without devotion, no follow through. In life, not spiritually, but I know it's the NBA playoffs right now, and there would be no pro sports, no NBA. There would be no technology, the phone that you have in your hand or that's close to you right now. There would be no advancement without someone being devoted to that craft. And spiritually speaking, there would be no grounding in what really, really matters. And what really matters is souls being one. Church, if we are going to be effective to reach the lost and to have spiritual growth. And that's what this series of Devoted is about. We will never do it without, with half-baked, lukewarm attempts. So it starts with God's word, a powerful tool that cannot be stopped. We talked about that last week. We need to get God's word inside of us because when we get God's word inside of us, it will lead to living a life of love towards one another. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says they are devoted to fellowship. We cannot be devoted to the word and to the church without this word, fellowship. Everyone say, fellowship. We cannot be devoted to the apostles' teaching and not follow their teaching on fellowship. If we're going to grow into spiritual maturity and help others do the same, we must be devoted. And so let's talk about what fellowship means. Acts 2.42 says they're devoted to fellowship. What comes to mind for you when you think of this word, fellowship? One, think about one word or one phrase that would describe fellowship. And I understand fellowship is kind of a Christianese word. How many you know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't hear about fellowship all that often. But when you think of fellowship, what is one word or one phrase that comes to mind? Maybe hanging out, spending time together. Or maybe it's the three F's. Food, fun, and, say it with me, fellowship. That's Church at its greatest, right? I was thinking about it. I was just thinking fellowship, fellow. I was thinking of long fellow deeds, if you know, if you've ever seen deeds before. But uh, but fellowship needs a little clarity, and so we turn to God's Word. Acts 2.44 says, all the believers met together in one place. Depending on your version, it might say one accord. So maybe they were Honda fans. And they shared everything they had. And think about sharing. You are like, okay, my mind goes to a child sharing a toy or a snack. How many know three-year-olds don't know how to share all that well, right? they got to be taught that. Some 30-year-olds don't know how to share well either, but that's a different story. Acts 4, uh, 2.45 says not only did they were devoted to this, but they sold property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Those in need. Wow. They figured out a way how to bless each other. They sold possessions. They shared their money. Quick question here. Just look around here for a moment. Look around behind you, in front of you. With whom would you want to share your money with? Because when you share money, it's, it becomes equal. Like you get access to theirs, they get access to yours. Just everyone pick someone. i not, oh, that's cute. Um, Sarah puts her arm around Nate and says, I, all right, so you can't, so, but as a couple, who would you want to share with? Who, who would you want to share? And, and singles in the house, um, this is your chance. Just take a look around. Who do you want to share your life with? I mean, um, share your, your possessions with, right? Right? And you're thinking of someone, hopefully, hopefully everyone's here. You're like, okay, that guy looks, you know, maybe like he's got some money or whatever. But how many of you, to be honest, pick someone that looks like they might have more than you? (laughs) All right, all right. That's who I'd pick. But the truth is, someone in the world would love to share with you and with your resources. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. What? Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will then be refreshed. And that's exactly what was happening in the early church. It's recorded there in Acts chapter 2. They were sharing. And people saw this, and they wanted it. They were like, I want in. They're caring for you. This is crazy. They were understanding that word Fellowship. And really, that word fellowship in the original Greek, which is even more of a Christianese word, is koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. And, uh, and I, when I think of koinonia, my mind goes to Camp Koinonia. I went to camp with my uncle's church um, back when I was uh, in junior high, and uh, had a good time. It was great. It was in Ohio, and it was kind of all their church, and people, and then families came, and me and my cousins, we found a box, a little box of toilet paper that was entirely full, and I don't know how many would have been in that, 30, 40, 50 rolls of toilet paper, and we took it upon ourselves to have a little koinonia moment, and we decorated that campground. It was one of the most beautiful (laughs) toilet paper jobs I've ever seen. We were proud of ourselves. It took hours to do. The next morning we woke up and the fire department was out and they were already cleaning it up. We didn't know that that next day there was a wedding at that campground. And my parents and my cousin's parents, so my aunts and uncles, had to pay. They never told us how much, but had to pay to have the fire department clean that up. And so that's what comes to my mind when I think of koinonia. But, but, uh, uh, but really, koinonia is a word that describes the church. The church. Fellowship by itself is actually incomplete. Fellowship is actually the result of koinonia, and we'll kind of explain that. It's the idea of sharing uh, of money, which you can't ignore, uh, generosity on every occasion. And this idea of sharing really is the, the, uh, the full uh, idea of koinonia is fully sharing, sharing your life, your possessions, sharing your heart, sharing your time, sharing prayer, sharing a piece of yourself with someone else. So it's kind of like a child sharing, but it's more because it's sharing your hurts and your pains and your prayers, your insecurities and your gifting. And so child uh, maturity is kind of at this level. Uh, mature adults and mature believers, they, they learn as they grow spiritually to koinonia, and when we coin a when we share, we learn to forgive, we learn to love well and deeply, we learn to challenge one another, confront in a godly way. We know that we're not alone. If the idea is doing life. Together, And it's not only seen just in Acts chapter 2. Fast forward two chapters. Acts chapter 4, there's a picture of Koinonia. Let's look at it. It says all the believers were united in heart and mind. That's kind of the start of this idea of Koinonia. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord. We talked about that last week. What did the apostles talk about? They talked about the resurrection and God's word. And so it's so important. And God's great blessing was upon them. There was no needy person among them because those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles and give to those in need. And then they give an example of that. See, it wasn't just a one-time thing in Acts chapter 2, like some anomaly, like, oh, it happened once. No, this is the way the church lived. They shared, united in mind and heart. And the result is that there were no needy people among them. When I think of needy people, I think of orphans. I think of widows. I think of the foster care system. You might wonder, why do so many Christian people foster kids or do adoption? It's because they understand that we should share our lives with those. And I know we've got a lot of examples in this room. When I was growing up, my family, we had an Aunt Hazel. She wasn't our real aunt. And I actually called my parents this morning because I was a little fuzzy on the details. I'm like... How did we know Aunt Hazel? Well, she was just a friend of our family, and we would spend, she was an older lady, probably in her 70s or 80s, I don't know, but uh, we would spend about once a month with her. She would come over for dinner, or we'd take her out. And I don't remember loving it all that much, <laughs> to be honest, you know, to have an old widow, uh, you know, just around. But we did like it when she took us shopping. She would only buy from one store. How many remember the store Hudson's? All right, a few of you. All right, Detroit. Was it Hudson's on this side of the state? I don't know. It was, okay. So Hudson's, kind of a high middle end. And uh, we would go shopping, and we would shuffle our feet about like this, because that's about as fast as she went. And if you were patient, though, Aunt Hazel would always get us something, and uh, we loved that. And, uh, in fact, I was thinking about it. Um, some of you know I like watches. The first watch I ever remember receiving was from my aunt Hazel, and it was from Hudson's. It was a Swatch watch, and I wish I had that watch. But uh, I smashed it in a in a um, wave pool, and the crystal broke. And I just I think I threw it away. But uh, but anyway, my aunt Hazel. When I think of needy people, I think of widows like that. I think of refugees. Some of you know the Hardy family. Uh, Laura's here. Um, this is one of the Hardy's eight children, right? Yeah. And, uh, but Dennis and Mary, they gave me permission to share the story that uh, uh, last year Dennis went to Ukraine to do an evangelism trip. Uh, and he, came, he met a family, and they were like, man, why don't you come and live with us? And I'm like, who does that? They brought a refugee family into their home. Not only did they bring a refugee family in their home, there was another family in our church that needed a place for their son. And they're like, sure, we've got room. I'm thinking, you already have a family already. You've got a special needs or a, a disabled daughter in your home. I'm thinking, one more? Why not, right? And it, it was crazy. And then I was thinking that the, those in need, Jessica and I, we were in need a few years back. We, we had a night and won't go into all the details, where I got in the car with Logan, my son, who you saw in the video. And uh, the long story short is, if I brought him home, Jessica was going to kill him. And I literally, I called Dennis. I said, I said, Dennis, can I drop Logan off? And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> and I drove up to the Hardee's, dropped Logan off, and then picked him up the next day when things kind of settled down. And I think about... Man, there's no needy. That's koinonia. That's koinonia. The hardies are a great example. And it's rooted in love, love for each other. John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. We should love each other. We need to koinonia each other. It's more than just being together on Sunday mornings, although that is important. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So we should be working on those things. And it says, and let us not neglect the meeting together. That's the church coming together, as some do. But encourage one another, especially as the day of the return of the Lord is drawing near. So we know that God is going to return for His church. We need to be together. It's important. It's uh, it's an area that we need to make sure is strong. Do not give up in the meeting of together. Koinonia is more than just meeting together, though. We don't devote ourselves to just meetings. It's the unity, the fellowship, the depth of love that is captured in that word fellowship or koinonia, and by the way, the New Testament letter, so every letter that was written, and through the Book of Acts, you see love and respect and thanksgiving for the community. At the conclusion of a lot of the letters, it's like, greet this person and this person and this person. There's these long lists of names. It was like they're one happy family. In Acts chapter 4, verse 33, it says that they were blessed because they were together. The early church knew being devoted to fellowship, being devoted to koinonia, was absolutely critical. If you've ever been lonely, if you've ever been isolated, How many know that that is fertile ground for the enemy to come in and devour? When he gets us alone and gets us depressed, gets us anxious in some way, it's fertile ground for the enemy to take ground. And so we need to combat that and we need to be together. Pastor Bobby, before he left out of town this week, we were talking about the message series, and, and uh, it, it was great. And, I, and by the way, this whole series is kind of a team effort. I get to be the one up front, but uh, the team has been working hard behind the scenes. Uh, but he, Pastor Bobby said, you know, I was thinking about your message, and he says the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, he says almost all of those can only happen in community. Isn't that true? We need to be devoted to each other in community. See, the bottom line of this series is our spiritual growth is linked to close personal relationships. When we are devoted, we put others' needs ahead of our own. And you might be thinking, man, that sounds pretty good. And I would say that to me, it sounds pretty good. But the truth is, We don't always do it all that well, yours included. Why do people resist koinonia or fellowship? Pastor Sean typed me some notes this week, and a couple uh, really caught my attention, and I appreciate you sharing. Uh, One thing he said is that people often will keep to themselves. How many of you know someone like that? Or maybe that describes you, (laughs) okay? Uh, Yeah, sometimes people keep to themselves. And then he went on, he said, conversations hardly ever go beyond surface level. And I'm telling you, when I read that, Sean, I was like, oh, that's true. But then I sat with it, and I'm like, you know what? I am an offender of that. I put in my own words, West Michigan nice. How many uh, understand what I'm saying? When you move to West Michigan, if you're not from here, people are nice, but often are shallow in communication. And for me, I, I would choose fun over a hard conversation or going deep. Uh, and, and you're saying, really, Pastor? And that's, that is the truth. I have to force myself to kind of take it another level conversations hardly go beyond. I've made a list of other things. Why do people resist koinonia? Maybe it's possible it's off your radar saying, oh, I didn't know that that was important. And today you're being enlightened saying, okay, this is important. I need to pay attention to this. But for most of us, if you have an idea, yeah, that's a good idea. It's time, T-I-M-E, right? Time. We don't have enough time. We're so busy. It could be that you're introverted or you say, oh, my personality doesn't lend to this koinonia, although I would challenge you, it doesn't matter what personality, we need to figure out koinonia in sharing your life together. Maybe you think it'll cost too much to koinonia, so there's selfishness or pride. You're saying, oh, I'm better than those people. Or maybe you feel like an outsider. You're like, oh, my past. And no one would understand or no one would love me for the way that I am. And so then you stay disconnected. Or maybe you'd say this. And I've heard this on more than one occasion living in West Michigan. It's hard to break in. Hard to make new friends. I don't have it in my notes, but how many remember the old song, the Winnie the Pooh song? Make new friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other's gold. You ever heard that? Yeah. I'll sing the whole thing out playing Kadama after if you're gone. <laughs> maybe it's your age, your gender issues, maybe it's personality or your socioeconomic status that keep you from Koinonia. You say, nah, I just don't know. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter what excuse or way, things that we could list. The truth is, is that our enemy, the devil, would love to shut down Koinonia because it's so powerful. He would love to keep us isolated. He would love to keep us depressed or anxious or just saying, I'm self-sufficient. And the truth is, there's not one of us here that does not need someone among us. This morning, I want to challenge you in our takeaways. Last week, we gave these out and we gave one to every single one of you. If you weren't here, you can grab one in the lobby. Make sure you take it with you. We talked about the apostles' teaching, but this week uh, for April 23rd, the takeaway is be intentional about connecting with others at the church. That's a big takeaway. And then invite someone out to lunch with you Uh, and your family after church on the 23rd, that's today, or next week, the 30th. That's the challenge. That's the kind of the big takeaway. And then we have created some events, some fellowship, koinonia events for this spring. The first one starts today. If you're a young adult, 30 and under, uh, 18 to 30, we would love for you today after service to go out to eat with Pastor Sean and Renissa and the team and have a blast, spend some time together. And... Go below the surface. Don't just be, oh, what's the weather like or what's your job like? Let's talk about some serious things. Kids, elementary kids, this Friday night, we're creating an event just for you. Parents, drop your elementary kids off, and you can go have a date, do whatever you want, but it's a fun Friday night for our kids, so they're going to be together. Well-seasoned, it's the 55 and up. Breakfast this Saturday morning. And by the way, if you are here and you're 55 and up, pick up Aunt Hazel. There's someone that can't get there. You can reach out and say, hey, I'm going. Come with me. Where's Pastor Rocky? Pastor Rocky, you and Pam are going to have a blast. I've been asking Rocky. I said, hey, I'm not quite 55. Uh, can I come? And he keeps on saying no. What? <laughs> What are you guys doing at these 55 and up events that I can't join? That's what I want to know. But anyway, women, that same night, paint and plant night. Uh, That night at 6.30 it's going to be here at the Gateway Church. There's $5 uh, for that Saturday. Come and be with the women. And again, take it a little deeper. Youth, they're doing a taco night, May 3rd, 7 o'clock. Students you should bring so many friends that it bankrupts pastor Sean's budget. We're going to we're going to do so many tacos. Thousands of tacos. I don't know, I don't. Know. <laughs> but bring a guest. You know, bring someone and they're going to do that for a coin in the event. And then the men are going bowling. How much fun is that? May 6th. And uh, the guys uh, 3 to 50. That's on May 6th. You're not going to want to miss it. These are tangible takeaways. That all of us, there's no excuse not to be a part of something here. And I just believe that as we devote ourselves to these things, we get our energy behind these things, and we show up, and we go below the surface, and we love deeply, it's going to change. We're going to grow. Spiritually, we're going to grow. Numerically, we're going to grow. And people are going to look and be like, what is happening at the Gateway church. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want you to think about something with me for a moment and I'm going to ask the worship team to join me. I want you to think about one of these things, one of these takeaways. Inviting someone out for lunch this Sunday or next. the Young adults getting together. Kids ministry, dropping your elementary kids off. The well seasoned women's event, men's event, the youth event, and I want you when you can identify one of those, some of you are going to do multiple, I understand that, but I want you to think about the one that is kind of tugging on your heart, and when you can identify that, saying, okay, alright, I'm going I'm to make a commitment I'm going to be a part, I'm going to show up, I want you to stand when you got that one figured out in your mind right? Just stand right where you are. You're saying, okay, that's the one. It's the women's event. I'm definitely not going to miss that. Or it's well-seasoned. Or I'm going to drop my kids. Or I'm going today. I'm a young adult. And I I wasn't going to go, but I'm going to plan on it. Uh, Or that men's. I'm going bowling with Rich Lovell. I mean, who doesn't want to bowl with Rich Lovell? Um, He's got so many 300 games. He's got them tattooed all over. He'll tell you the story. It's going to be awesome. Or maybe you're going to invite someone out today or next week. Awesome. I want the rest of you to stand. And just, I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. This idea of koinonia, being together, sharing fully our lives, deeply, it goes more than the surface level. But I want to back up just one step. With your eyes closed, your head bowed, it starts with, giving your heart to Jesus it all starts with having a relationship with Jesus Christ he died for you he died on a cross his blood was shed for you The Bible says that we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. If you can imagine with your eyes closed that there's a a standard that's so high that's unattainable, it's impossible. Perfection, that is what it takes to get into heaven. You say, well, I'm only down here. How can I get there? The only way is that your sins are forgiven. And until your sins are forgiven, there's no way for you to enter into heaven. But the beauty of Jesus is that his blood covers your sin. And all of a sudden, that level of perfection, even though you're not perfect, Jesus looks at you as if you're perfect. And he forgives you. We call it salvation. If you're here this morning, you're saying, man, I need forgiveness. I need my sins forgiven would you just slip your hand up right where you are first service there were three that raise their hand who second service is just responding saying that's me yes I see that hand thank you who else yes two over here uh, who else they're saying yes that's me yes one over here on my left one more up front thank you young man yes anyone else saying yes that's me we got four in the house here. If you're online and you're saying, that's me, say, I need Jesus, I need forgiveness, I need salvation. We will follow up with you every time. But for those that raise their hand, could we just encourage them? Let's pray this prayer together. It's not the words of this song that will save you. It's believing in your heart. But let me just lead you in this simple prayer. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. But today, I'm putting my faith in you. I believe that you died on the cross to take my sin and not count it against me. Thank you. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you just raised your hand and were praying that or if you didn't, and you have not been water baptized, in two weeks from today, we're gonna be water baptizing, and you don't wanna miss it. We have got a class next week that will explain all of that. You should come to that after second service. We would love to connect with those that raise your hand and others that need to be baptized. Praise the Lord. Now, today, after this next song that Pastor Bobby picked for us to close with today, I want you to understand that the onus is on you. You don't wait for someone to coin koinonia with you. You fellowship. You be the one that puts it into action. And that is our call in this season. Lord, help us. Let's just put our hands up. Let's just begin to ask the Lord to help us this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, that you're with us. You're helping us. You're working, you're moving, and God, we give you the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord before we... love that you've shown us we we pray that that love will overflow overflow out of us into those around us and god we just we pray that people will see us and know that we are yours by how we love each other god we pray for the rest of this day and we just pray that you'll go before us behind us and all around us and in your name amen have a blessed sunday